Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tukey's Take Podcast, the show that chronicles my slow decline of hockey fandom, or should I say NHL fandom, because I do still enjoy hockey quite a bit. But we are back again, another week, another episode. I am joined by one Endurance M. I. And Mr. Sim for the win. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Gentlemen. We're going to talk about some hockey today, of course. We're going to talk about Endo's cat that's cleaning itself. Thank you, Endo, yeah. for sharing so You're much welcome. for those of you who aren't watching on the YouTube side of things. Um, okay. We're just going to have that there. We're going to talk about some hockey <laughs> stuff today. We're going to talk about the, uh, the All-Star Weekend that I didn't pay attention to whatsoever, but... We're also going to talk about the thing that is at the forefront of all of our minds. Sidney Crosby few- didn't show up to the All-Star game. He's terrible. That that's the that's it, right? Yeah, that that's it. He Yeah. He refused to show up to an All-Star game again because Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And when the players tell me it doesn't matter, that means I'm not going to watch. At the forefront of our minds after last night is this viewer question from Sister Christian Cage. Why is FC24 so addicting? After years of attempts and efforts, begging, pleading, last night, in honor of Monkey Dude 22's birthday, tremendous friend of this podcast, we played not only some uh, NHL 2K5 and the real all-star skills competition because that game had a full all-star weekend with the actual skill games something ea has not had in the now 20 years since 2k5 came out ea has never had that what the fuck but we also finally succeeded in getting sin for the win to try out fifa slash fc and he hated it or did he? No, I absolutely <laughs> loved it, and I'm now addicted to it. So I don't know why it's addicting. For me right now, the addiction comes from, okay, like I did kind of good for my first time. I was pleasantly mm-hmm. surprised, and now I want to get better. And that, that's where my addiction is coming from right now. I'm like, all right, I want to learn all the stuff. I want to, you know, uh you know, a couple couples just, you know, situations last night where I could have made a better play. And like, that's my motivation. I'm like, all right, I want to make the right plays. I want to remember all the button inputs. I want to know what's the right thing to do in every moment. And I want to get good. But I scored and like you... five goals, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that shocked the shit out of me. <laughs> dude, you made me look really fucking good last night. I will say that mm. the, I had like four man of the matches in like in a row, which is unheard of. And, like, I put a tweet out today noticing that, like, you know, it's Black History Month, right? And it's February 5th as we're recording this episode. And there, for the past, like, couple years that I've been friends with you guys, I mean, playing games together, uh, there has been a Venn diagram of Black History Month and Endo being really good at video games. And it's just a very, it's getting it's close to being a very, 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 very no, small circle. No, it's just a circle. Yeah, it's just a circle right now at this point because it's. This is like the third year where it's been like me scoring a ton of goals in the NHL or 
being absolutely dominant in FIFA. And right now I had like like eight assists last night. It's insane. So, you know, I'm trying to think of examples because there are examples of that in sports where it's like, oh, this baseball player, August comes around, he just turns into a monster. Like, Endo's the most recent version of that. I am like, if, if, Febu if February hits, it is his month and he dominates in sports <laughs> video games. And then the second it hits March 1st, GG. <laughs> it's like Jordan Poole when there's a hot girl at uh, sitting courtside. There you go. Honey, see you. Moving <laughs> at me. <laughs> you didn't see that clip where, like, there's a chick sitting at courtside. And he looks at her and he hits like 30. He drops like 30 in a, in a game. It's something ridiculous. I think I've seen that, yeah. Oh, as uh, I believe all text called him on, on Twitch the other day. Um, Washington Wizards legend. Jordan. So, Golden State legend. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just, I, I'm in a really good mood for that reason. Just seeing, like, because I literally just had this sim before we started recording. In terms of FC, FIFA, whatever you want to call it. I still call it FIFA. I mean, whatever. Um, it was one of those things where he was either going to absolutely hate it or the hooks were going to get set in. I feel like with that game, there was no middle ground. If you're not really a big fan of the sport, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, then the gameplay is either going to hook me or it's not. And I'm, I'm glad that it has. Yeah, um, I just want to play more <laughs> straight up. So I started a career mode. I just bought the game for like 65% off. Mm. But it was a good time. Way too much. It was a good fun. time for you to get uh, into the game based off yeah. of the discount, I'd say. Too. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. So, yeah, I don't know. Just, I'm, I don't know. I'm excited to play more, basically. You know, it's it's always nice to have options, right? Like, I, I put out a video yesterday talking about, you know, my uh, slow but steady progress with the roster editing side of things for NHL 24 right now and just how with the way that game is set up right now and the Foster's being so bad and everything that it's like I'm taking my time to get stuff done because I'm not really like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta play this and it's just that desire to be like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta play 24 as much. Like, no, it's just yeah. like NHL 24s, NHL 24 gameplay wise, uh, they completely kicked the crap out of hitting, nerfed it to death. They so just it feels yeah, like just like back. 23 even more. Yeah, they just reverted the back, which is really funny because we just had uh, a GWC event this weekend with, uh, you know, all star game. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, it was super weird because at one point, uh, Geimer was down like 11 to like one in one of the games, huh. 11. And it seemed like every single shot that was taken just just went in the back of that. And this is like before they reverted the patch because they reverted the hitting patch. Um, the hitting aspects today on the on the fifth yeah. of February. So yeah, I'm just seeing that now. Um, on one hand, with something like that, you want to say, okay, well at least they saw it. It didn't work the way they wanted it to, and they reverted it. On the other hand, it's like, did, did you did you check? 
did you check to see what the gameplay was like afterwards? And did you did you honestly think like, oh yeah, people are gonna love this? Yeah. It's stuff like that where I'm just like, what what happened there? How how does that happen to where things are reverted that quickly? If it's viewed as I, a failure within like what, less than a week? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Who's to say? Uh, I feel that like also a lot comes of- down to did people have time to adjust i'm sure people play the game religiously and 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 stuff i never i mean obviously i haven't fucking played it since then but be a pro felt fine endo would you like to tell the class what you told me about how religiously people play this fucking video game all right so benny uh aka uninstall who represents the florida panthers for uh the panthers gaming and he's representative for florida for um this year's tournament i believe for gwc arrives in toronto uh, arrives like with a bunch of the other Leafs gaming guys. The first thing they do when they get to the, the Bell Gaming Center is they're all playing fucking Hut, and Benny does an entire goddamn stream of Hut champs. The first thing they do when they get to the space, it's like, wow, this is really cool. I mean, they show up in the internet, or it's like one ping and like eight thousand up and eight thousand down for download speeds over there because they have a central node like over for for Bell internet over there, just crazy. And then. Immediately after the Leafs gaming event, I'm hearing a bunch of the Frenchies who are there for the tournament, like Bluen and a bunch of other guys, say, uh, uh, Yoni, uh, is there anywhere we can play uh, the Hut Champs and we can stream it to uh, play as well? Uh, and <laughs> in my head, I'm like, holy shit. Like, th- th- this, this is not helping the stereotype of QC players just loving NHL or just absolutely. Like, that is... I, be- I believe the QC market is like the reason why NHL the, the NHL like license is still with EA, not exclusivity, but like just in general the license with, was with EA because they make they give them so much money and so much whatever. It's insane. I ca- I couldn't believe it. I legit I'm still shocked now knowing that these kids, the entirety they were there, they just wanted to play Hut the entire time. Dedication or mental illness, somewhere <laughs> in between, maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a, co- it's a coin. <laughs> Flip it. <laughs> Pick oh one. God. So yeah, I don't know. Um, it's nice to have fun with video games. You yes. Know? It's nice to have options. It's nice to have a game where it's like, all right, you know. Not that FC can't have bad nights where it's just like, oh, yep, okay, nothing's going our way. This game's playing like garbage tonight, but I don't know. There's so, there's something about it, right? And this is what I've always compared it to. A bad night on FIFA for me isn't as frustrating as a bad night on NHL because on NHL, it's a matter of being like, okay, knowing that it's like you're good at the game, knowing how the game should probably feel and how it should play versus FC where it's like, Okay, I'm good at the game, but I'm I'm nowhere near the best because that skill gap is insane, basically. Yeah. So it's like, you know, if we have a bad night, like, all right, it is what it is type of thing. Like there have been far fewer nights on stream of, hey, let's play pro clubs and being like, ah, fuck this, I'm done. Versus the amount of times we played ESHL on stream over the years. And it's just like, I ah, nope, not doing this. Yeah. Not doing it. No, thank you. So there have been like I can count on like my hands the amount of one and dones there have been for Ishul. It's like, yeah, we'll play one game, or we'll play a game, and then we get through one game, and you're like, yeah, I'm done, whatever, gone. And we're just mm. like, okay. 
Yeah, I, I understand why. Like, it's the uh, it's just the consistency. It's not even consistency consistency of the game, but it just feels like. But then it shall. You, you have a bad you have a bad game and nothing's going your favor. You, you can't do anything. Well, with FIFA, like there's more opportunities that let's say you're having a bad game, you can still somehow tie a game or even win a game if it's a if it's a shit match against someone. Right. So, yeah. Hey, the continued adventures of of Sin's FC twenty four journey. We'll continue mm-hmm. to talk about that. Over the uh, over the next little while, because last night was a heck of a lot of fun. But as mentioned, we do have some hockey to get to. Before that, though, get some other viewer questions in there. Why not? Because, well, we got some winners in this bunch and and some not winners. <laughs> but we'll see where these questions lead. From Young Burrito, what is your least favorite bird? Whatever bird is your favorite, Tugi. The Se- fucking seagull. murder hawk. No, I'm joking. That, that thing's fucking cool. The Muppet, Muppet it Hawk. It is. Yeah. Look, it it's takes a, a lot. It, thank you, Sin. It takes a lot to get me to have any desire to go to the state of Florida. That that bird, that bird's there. They they got one at the Tampa Zoo. I mean, my other option is San Diego, or I think maybe Texas, if not heading to Africa. Um, so Florida kind of wins by default based off of travel costs. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, shit, I could drive there, right? So, you know, um, I, I don't know. We, we might need a new co-host. And Endo's, Endo's pushing his luck. That hatred's not allowed. In my month, brother? Your month. <laughs> not the first time I was let go during my month. Jesus Christ. Fair enough. Um, I don't know. It's and do you have a least favorite bird? Yeah, seagull. That's fair. They're pieces yeah, of shit. That's, dude. A, that's a fair. For show. one, I have childhood trauma surrounding a seagull. I don't. I don't think I've ever told this story on stream, but I'm going to tell it right now. Please do. I, my my mom took me to the San Francisco Zoo. I think I was like two or three at the time, so I kind of remember. I have flashes of this happening. She bought me a hot dog. And uh, a seagull came down and fucking took the hot dog from my hand. <laughs> nice. And all I remember is like my mom yelling and waving her hand and a fucking seagull that was almost the size of me attacking me essentially and taking my hot dog. And I got uh, my mom got me another hot dog. But yeah, and this was before like San Francisco Zoo now has like nets over it and stuff and like. Back then, all they would do is, like, bring out, like, an owl or another big old bird of prey and, like, walk them around to, like, scare off the seagulls. That was, like, their only defense. But, yeah. Yeah, so that and then through middle school, they were everywhere on our campus um, shitting on people and, like, just eating garbage. And and they're also annoying. They woke me up multiple times at, like, 6 a.m. when I was in Helsinki. Mm. <laughs> Mm. So yeah, seagulls are my least least favorite bird. Uh, seagulls, very, very good shout. I have to say, um, Canada gooses. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing though about the about the Canada goose, they're very cute from a distance. Yes, that is as far as you should you should be from a Canada goose. If you if if you if you see it, you are too close. 
<laughs> Unless you're in a car and yeah. you're not safe. <laughs> uh, for me, it, it's got to be it, it's got to be a crow because Ooh. haven't studies have found that crows are smart enough to hold a grudge. Yeah, <laughs> so I that's why I like them. They're smart as fuck, boy. Same, but at the same time, that's kind of scary. The idea that this crow. What if I just make a mistake? <laughs> I can't negotiate with this crow, but it's still going to hold the grudge. <sighs> so uh, I'm going with the crow for that reason. It's it, going to bring Brandon Lee back to life to kill you. <laughs> oh, my God. That or uh, it'll, or it'll, recruit, it'll recruit Sting. Oh God! <laughs> it's like he, well, he took Brandon Lee's gimmick, so we'll just get Steve Borden to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't like the idea of an animal holding a grudge that I can't negotiate with. You know, not great. I can't talk myself out of it with a crow. You won't understand. Find fault in that logic. You can't. Our next question comes from Roussel. If you had to switch lives with a fictional character, who would you choose and why? You had to switch lives with a fictional character. Who would you choose and why? Hmm. And that covers a lot of ground. Yeah, it does. A lot of ground. Patrick, <sighs> from, Star- Patrick from uh, SpongeBob. <laughs> I'm already dumb as a rock anyway, so. <laughs> the inner workings of my mind are an enigma. <laughs> careful Spongebob careful Spongebob Spongebob careful Spongebob <laughs> oh god um man <laughs> I this is, a, this is a loaded one this is a loaded question I don't know who who has uh, god, I, mm, like I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even want to be like yeah I want to be Batman because I don't want a broken back like he comes <laughs> back from it but I don't want to have to take a trip to that fucking <laughs> to that fucking big ass goddamn hole in the ground I gotta climb out of. Like that just sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah, like most fictional characters have something really awful going on. Mm-hmm. Or they're just mundane, in which case I like my life. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't have a good answer. I don't either. I'd, I'd, I'd feel boring, but like, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not I'm, I'm real fucking happy. And like, I'm, th- I'm trying to think of something that would like really appeal to me, but like, yeah, everything that's like, cool. I'm like, oh man, maybe I'd be like Charles Xavier, read minds. I'm like, yeah, and you're in a wheelchair and, <laughs> <laughs> and you're bald. But have you seen that? Have you seen that <laughs> and video? And you, and you get blown up <laughs> by Jean Grey <laughs> instead of getting boned by her. Sad. <sighs> But have you seen that video of um <laughs> I think it was in the the Fantastic Four movie where um I think the, for what there was a scene where uh Charles Xavier's in this in the little like hover thing and then like someone edited it so he like VFX grinds across the lobby like on top of the uh the table or whatever it's really fucking funny never oh, seen find it. it oh man our next question you got nowhere to go from here congrats Russell you stumped us from Ghost of Gary Bettman, what is your favorite K-pop song? 
I don't have one. <laughs> I've I don't I don't listen to K-pop, but uh, I so the only Korean song I've I know is uh, Gangnam Style, so I'll go with that. I don't know. I presume Psy counts as K-pop. Yeah, I presume is he, is he, is he, that is. K- yeah, that even is though K-pop, he's not he's pretty, but he's Korean and he made pop music. So I mean. I was gonna. Fe- I was gonna say. I think he counts, but for the most part, I feel like when people mention K-pop, they are mentioning like Big the Bangs, all uh, those BTS, dudes with the same haircuts. XO, yeah, XO, ENXOM. Um, I I dated the K-pop stand, so I know like a whole bunch of stuff uh, about them. Uh, yeah, there, there's some know. that kind of slapped. It's different, but like not for me. Some of them are really really cool, but yeah. Um. There was so number one. Uh, shout shout to Sai who actually does have some uh, some good songs aside from Gangnam Style. I was surprised. Yeah. Um, there was oh damn the video was uh it got pulled for copyright. That's a shame. Um, there was uh, there's a YouTuber that I've watched for a really long time called Todd in the Shadows, and he had his uh, video out for it's a music based channel. And he had his video out for the best songs of 2013. And there was a K-pop song on there from a group that has already essentially disbanded because of, like, you know, record label bullshit or whatever. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a cool little song type of thing. So What's then, the group? I don't, I don't know their name. I don't remember. I was going to look it up and the video disappeared. <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, shout out to shout out to k-pop i could yeah. not name you a song i couldn't i, I bts couldn't. that's the basic one bts there you go bang 10 whatever the fuck the last one is i will not sir um, uh Sony sony on dan uh also you. known as bulletproof boy scouts <laughs> oh my god for those of you playing podcast bingo at home, <laughs> that's just Endo goes on tangent that no one yes. asks for. I I am knowledgeable about this. Okay, leave me alone. You God. looked it up. That not that knowledgeable. <laughs> Shut up! I know one of them. His name's like Rapmon or like Rap Monster. He's like a rapper. He has like a I, solo here I thought he was a Pokemon. Um, from Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Our final question from Bouncy McBoink Boink. A sappy one for Valentine's Day with the holiday being around the corner. What's your favorite memory uh, of your respective significant other in regards to Valentine's Day? Endo's, Endo Endo clearly is, wants to say something. We'll let were, him were, go. Was it when you were laughing at her for dropping the salad? Was that yeah, coincidentally I was on Valentine's Day? laughing at her for dropping the salad. Oh, fuck. Sin, you weren't here. Um, It was like, yes, la- last week we had a question come in. And the question was like, what was the most embarrassing thing you've seen someone do? And as Felina gets home, of course, I'm retelling this story. Um, oh, of course. My, uh, I always said that when we went to grab McDonald's, uh, we grabbed a salad because I at the time McDonald's had salads. Yes, I'm telling the story again. Um, And <laughs> she dropped her salad. And me being the great boyfriend that I am, as she walks behind me, I take pictures of her of her with a salad, and like she like shakes it up, and then I hear a thud, and she's like, "Oh no, the salad!" And she I look over, and she's on her knees, like on the floor, like side with the salad. 
like 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 petrified. And she's like, "No, it's okay. I can put it. I can. It's so good." And she's like putting it back in with her hand. And I have like photos of her doing that. You're just he documenting showed... it as she's okay, okay, documented okay. it. Helena, we saw the photos on the last. Helena episode. can defend herself. Oh, what? Why, Helena? She doesn't need to. Herself. I, she I made am, a mistake. I am oh. waiting for you to essentially just slap him in the back of the head and move on. Yeah. I just want to point out the very important detail that is unfortunately left out. It is. Right. I don't usually eat salad off of the floor. Usually. <laughs> but it was my last $10, and I wouldn't get paid for the next two weeks. So that was the last opportunity for me to eat. And I dropped it on the kitchen floor. So before anyone oh, at least goes it wasn't out there carpet. and judges my morality of eating the floor salad... I was broken, desperate. I just want to point that out. <laughs> Isn't capitalism I mean, a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't carpet. Like I have carpet in my room, and I usually eat in my room with a tray. So anytime I, if I drop something on the floor, most of the time it just gets covered in my hair because mm. my hair is everywhere because there's a lot of it. And I, I have, I have a dog and a cat in the house. There, yeah, like if I, if I drop something on the floor, it becomes more hair than food. Yep. So, gross. <laughs> Sin. Mm-hmm. Do you have a sappy Valentine's Day memory? Yeah, several. Um, they it, it would not make sense to anyone who doesn't. It's kind of an inside joke. Yeah, we've never <sighs> been one to tell inside jokes on this podcast. <laughs> but it, it, no, no, it, like it wouldn't even make sense to you guys. So, okay. yeah. Fair. I'll, I'll have to keep that to myself. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think. So it's funny though for for my wife and I. Valentine's I'll see if I can Day, think of something else though. Yeah, Valentine's Day isn't a big thing for us because our first date was three days after. So that, well, this that's is just so, your favorite memory of her. Is it? That's what the yeah. That's what the question is. It's just oh. in honor of Van, Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. I misread it. Um, well, unfortunately, she's never dropped a salad on the floor. <laughs> that would be, that would be an easy one. Um, she did constantly slip and fall in Finland last February <laughs> because she didn't bring boots. <laughs> yeah. Poor girl. Oh, uh, she, uh, she had a time. It's funny because uh, like a lot of, a lot of those things right now are you know, a lot of memories I can pick from are tied to the past year where it's like, okay, we did go to Finland twice and, and stuff like that. And. Like, I remember the first time, you know, like, Sin and I had to do something for Sports Gamer, and she's like, oh, I'll just meet you at the bus station. And the smile on her face is she's like, I took the bus by myself in Helsinki. <laughs> just so proud. Um, there's, oh, man, there's there's a lot. I'm, I'm just a big simp for my wife. I don't know what to tell you. Um, simp. Can I say that? Uh, Says me. <laughs> okay, you know what? I, I have one. I have one now. I was gonna say oh. my my answer might be because <laughs> my answer might be the look on her face as Sin and I dejectedly returned to the Airbnb after doing laps around a conference center in Finland <laughs> while we were lost, and she had frozen pizza prepared for. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, she, just, the look on her face, and she's just like, "You guys had a rough time, huh?" Yeah, just that, that was that was a, yeah, that was an elite moment. Oh, what a day! All Tim, right, what'd I you have, think of? I I yeah, I have one right now that always makes me smile when I think of it because it's it's. It perfectly kind of sums up her personality and then also her culture. So so when she was here visiting me, um, we were going to go over to have dinner at one of my cousin's house. And so we went and she was going to bring over a bottle of wine as a gift. So <laughs> and we're also buying other groceries as. Oh, no, that was a different time. All right. I might have to tell two stories. But so we're, we're she's buying the wine and she gets out ready to hand her ID over and stuff like that. And the cashier asks her when's your birthday and she just freezes because she doesn't understand why is this person asking for my birthday i'm handing them the id and she Mm -hmm. just froze up and like looked at me and was like looking around for help and that was just just such a a moment that makes me smile and laugh because she looked fucking adorable in the moment and then (laughs) laughed her adorable laugh afterwards when yeah when everything got sorted and stuff like that and but the other moment is uh, we were at, at Target buying a bunch of groceries as well. And the cashier, you know, hey, how are you doing? All bubbly and very extroverted. And for those of you who don't know, Finland, it's a very quiet country. People do not make small talk with each other. In fact, they seem to avoid it. So as we're in the line, the guy keeps talking. Everything he rings up, he makes a comment on. Everything. Like, th- oh this my is God. for Americans... You, you'll, you'll, some of you will be like mildly annoyed by these type of people, but just imagine you're from a place where you're like the only thing you say to a cashier is hi and bye. And so, and so me, the, the more he keeps commenting, the more I see her glancing over at me, the more a smile is coming on her face, the more she's trying to hold back laughter. And uh, that is another one of my favorite memories of her experiencing the American lifestyle and just being fucking weirded out by it. And then me introspecting like yeah this is kind of bizarre why do we feel the need to, to fill empty space peace with mm-hmm. noise constantly especially for me as an introvert and this is one of the main reasons i love finland right um you know it's funny because i told the story about you know my wife being on the bus and everything and it was one of those things where she was just like actually this is great i just sat <laughs> down and didn't have to talk to anybody nobody wanted to talk to me this is great uh-huh. <laughs> yep but I, I've noticed that, right? Not that it doesn't happen in other languages, but especially I find over here in North America, it's the idea of having to um and ah your way through a conversation because God forbid you have half a second of dead air, even if you're not on a podcast. That's something that I've really tried to do, especially through the podcasting side of things or YouTube, Twitch esports casts is I've tried to cut the ums and ahs out as I talk. Yeah. And it's difficult because sometimes it just happens and that's fine. But I also find if I'm listening to somebody or watching a video or something like that, every five seconds it's, um, yeah, you know, there's this thing and, uh, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, uh, things. And it's just like, you can take a second mm-hmm. <laughs> to form a thought, or in this instance, if you're a cashier, I, I don't need commentary on what I yeah. bought. I know what I bought. 
Yeah, that on. was like that was it was it was so funny because it was like that was actually her first cashier experience too in America. Mm. Uh, besides Ooh. maybe the times we went to like the drive through at Starbucks because she needed coffee, and I, yeah, mine mine hadn't arrived yet because uh, Finns love their fucking coffee. as a rule um but yeah and but i was the one ordering and it was like a drive-thru speaking of which she also had zero experience through a drive-thru oh my god (laughs) no there's so many stories i could tell you but uh yeah i'll just take up too much time well considering some of the other topics we have to discuss aren't that fun today (laughs) (laughs) you know you might want to continue but well this was in finland actually and i was like gonna go to a cast and i was starving and uh, we were short on time, so I was like, yeah, just go through the drive-thru. And she got up to the window, not telling me she'd never, ever, ever gone through a drive-thru. Mm-hmm. You told <laughs> so me the get... story when we were over there, uh, Yeah, too. <laughs> so we get up to the drive-thru, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, I just like was going to tell her what I want, and then she could relay it to the person. The guy's like, hi, welcome to, you know, or probably it's in Finnish, to help welcome to McDonald's, whatever it was. And she's fucking froze. <laughs> she does that she that that's kind of her uh fight or flight responses freeze and so she didn't know what to do and i was like oh i can order and i start trying to talk and the person i guess didn't hear me <laughs> we she ended up just fucking driving off and then parking in the parking lot and i went in and got got my food <laughs> but yeah it just didn't occur to me because over here drive throughs is, is pretty much a must and some places are drive through exclusive which mm-hmm. is unheard of in Europe because yeah, it's yeah they don't. It's like, not a need for cars over there. Like, dude, there's a subway local to me that has a drive-through. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. What? How's that work? <laughs> I don't know. You just my drive- wife refuses to go through it to find <laughs> they, out. They have they have like a they have like a bigger window you have to drive through and like oh yeah i want that meat i want this meat. you just you're just going along and like in drive but foot off the gas so you're just i guess man. i mean it probably works the same way that their mobile app does in the sense of like the screen is there like it has basically every fucking menu item you tell them like right there what you want right i mean I, that, I, but, I don't know like it's it'd be a shitty opportunity shitty way to go through because you can't tell them to put more fucking spinach on your fucking sandwich or put more sauce so that way it actually evenly distributes out on the fucking thing like, oh you the guys amount of- you guys tell oh man i'm i'm too i'm too nice to tell people that i figure they got like company policies and they're not lazy but then again i'm you know i i like service workers like go. I don't complain to their face about like my quality of my sub. It's like I paid for whatever I paid for. But at home I'll take a bite and there's not enough sauce. There's like never enough distribution of the sauce because they load at the fucking front and never the fucking back or the middle. It's always the fucking front. I could go on a fucking rant about Subway. You are, sir. You currently yes. are doing that. <laughs> You're currently I had to get extra it. sauce so it could go into the fucking back so I could have a little bit more, a little bit more extra. So that way, can I make my own the sandwiches? I haven't yeah. been to a subway in forever, but me if, neither. If, if I do it's go, in a decade. If I do go, it's going to be the drive-through experience at a subway. To me, that's probably the option for someone who eats there pretty often and knows exactly what they want. Yeah, like I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's just what what a time subway drive-through. With that. Yeah, let's get the shit out of the way. Yeah. We'll Do we want to cover stuff. this first or last? 
No, first, I want to get it out of the way so we can okay. hopefully talk about more fun hockey stuff. Yeah, so the Hockey Canada press conference was today. Um, or the London Police press conference was today in regards to Hockey Canada. And the five former World Junior players, um, Carter Hart, Michael McLeod, Cal Foote, Dylan Dubay, and Alex Formanton, who have all been charged with one count of sexual assault. Michael McLeod is facing an additional charge. Um, again, all of this dates back to an alleged sexual assault following a Hockey Canada golf and gala event held in London in June of 2018. Obviously, all five involved uh, have denied any wrongdoing, as you would expect. Um, in terms of what's being alleged, uh, that's all been out there as we've been following this case for years. Um, the case made its first appearance in a London court on Monday, today, and isn't set to return until April 30th. Um, none of the players were present in person today, but their lawyers appeared by video. Um, in regards to this story, um, the uh, chief of London PD caught a lot of heat today uh, for extending, as TSN put it, I think this was a Rick Westhead article, um, or it was just the uh, a general staff post, but uh, the chief extended his sincerest apology for the length of time it took for the case to reach this point. That comment caught a lot of heat, essentially, because from the looks of it, basically, London PD failed to do their job in 2019. Like, if six years on, you were able to find enough evidence to go through with this, then that existed in 2018, or at least was there to be discovered. So London PD, granted, the uh, chief of police there right now was not there at the time. But essentially, London PD as a whole is catching a lot of flack, and you could argue uh, deservedly so. I don't have too much to say on mm. the London PD side of things from there. But in regards to what is going to be happening uh, with these players, first and foremost, Hockey Canada has announced that all of the players will remain suspended from international competition. Um, although there is an event next year with an international spin that we'll talk about a bit later on that is not currently covered because that's an <clears throat> event. Um, Rick Westhead um, mentioned that lawyers for the defense met with the judge today. There is a publication ban ordered on the identity of the victim and two witnesses that came forward. So no publication is allowed to say, here she is. This is who it is. Thankfully. Good good um there's also been substantial paper and audio evidence collected by london pd that was shared with the defense today again building up to that april 30th date and i know what endo had shared with us and i did see it um in regards to the teams right because alex formanton not currently on the senators but obviously the other four are a part of three different nhl teams uh, and darren dreger announced that the flyers devils and flames have been informed they will receive cap relief for the players on leave, which very much indicates they are not coming back and going to be allowed to play anytime soon if they are not going to count against the cap. Like they are essentially, from a cap perspective, being pushed into like an LTIR role where yeah. they don't count. But they get money. Yeah. Presumably. They, they, yeah. Well, of course. Like you can't say, oh, you're accused of this and we're going to void your contract. There's no legal standing for that. So. And the, the PA would have a fucking fit oh, yeah. if you even tried but that's oh, their especially. job 
Well, yeah, that's that's why that and I'm getting on a different topic, but that's why they defend the people suspended harder than they defend the people injured, because when you're injured, you get paid when you're suspended, you lose money. And therefore, the right. Players Association loses money. Right. Ah, seems pretty bad. You know, in regards to all of this, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what we more can't, else to we say. can't really say much about it because it's an ongoing thing. We can mention the facts that we know right now, but I don't think speculation helps. No. And yeah. You know, the only thing, and Endo and I had talked about it on the last podcast, the only thing that I'm really wondering about right now, what did Ottawa know about Alex Formanton? Did they know that this could have happened because they did not re-sign him? And he's been over in Switzerland for the past season and a half. Uh, the Calgary Flames claimed that they had no idea that this was coming in regards to Dylan Dubay, particularly when he uh, asked for a mental health leave, which means either, and we talked about this again in the last show, either the Flames um, are, are just kind of naive to just be like, all right, no, this player asked for a mental health thing. Yeah, he could be a part of that team, but... You know, we'll trust him on this, which on one hand you respect. On the other, it's like, you know, of all the players asking for mental health leave. Um, so, of course, there's a chance that Dylan Dubay and his agent uh, abused that particular system in regards to, <laughs> again, that that's the sticking point for me right now. Especially if Dylan Dubay and his agent utilize the I have a mental health issue going on right now I need time away reasoning and I say abused it because you are on a team with Oliver Shillington who just missed a season and a half for noted mental health issues that's what gets me is it sure seems like you'd make light of your own teammates struggles that he's gone through to try and be like, oh, I got a mental health. I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Um, you know, Philly was trying to shop Carter Hart. Michael McLeod just resigned an extension with the Devils. Who knew what? Who didn't know what? Is it excusable that they didn't know? Did they just not care? You know, it, <clears throat> the primary focus is these five individuals. Don't get me wrong. Like, that is the story. Did they do what they are accused of? And if they did, they should never step foot on any professional ice again, let alone NHL ice. Let's be honest. They'll go to the KHL. Um, but, you know, you, you just can't help but wonder about some of these teams and who knew what and who didn't, because it sure seems like people knew something. And that other teams may have just been like, well, nothing's official yet. So I, I don't know. It's. It's exhausting. We've talked about this story as the news have continued to um, you know, kind of trickle out. And it's just one of those. One of those things, one of those stories in the NHL over the last couple of years. That's just been exhausting, disgusting and very much impacted <laughs> my personal hockey fandom, as well as many, many others, because. Hockey culture, isn't it great? Isn't it great? Especially when you have players from the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, who have either been accused of things or 
uh, who have told stories of the personal abuses that they suffered. It's great. It's a fun time. Yep. Anything to add, gentlemen? <laughs> it's an nope. exhausting topic. Nope. Fair enough. Ando, I want you to get us back on track here, my friend. Because the NHL All-Star Weekend was this weekend in Toronto. I don't know about Sin, but I can speak for me when I say I didn't watch a goddamn second between the skills competition, the draft, the All-Star game itself. I had zero interest. I didn't watch. All I know is that Michael Buble was on shrooms, apparently, and Nikita Kucherov got booed. Yeah, I I saw some clips. (laughs) That's about it. It's just... I don't have an interest in it, and mm-hmm. yeah, and it's probably not really marketed to me anyway. So it was nice. I used this as a networking experience to hang out with people, and it was that was basically what I used it for. It was a lot of fun. I didn't really care about the draft. Um, I will say that the draft experience was an absolute nightmare because they had like fifteen hot mics on all at once. It didn't do anything different where it was like, oh, let's have like one giant. Let's have like one boom mic on. People were individually mic'd up. So you'd have like five people speaking at once. It would pop up on everything and everyone could hear what everyone was saying. And Mm. every single time Tate McRae was able to like go up, she'd say the exact same voice. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And people were getting kicked out of that. And they're like, this is like unnerving. I feel like a lot of people were saying if you're going to do an all-star game draft, um, the 2015 one gets uh, a lot of comments about it because there's a lot of quote-unquote liquid courage. Basically, everyone was drunk in 2015. And everyone goes on and says 2015 was the best one because everyone was drunk. And people were coming out and talking about 2015's draft and saying that, you know, we didn't realize how much we were drinking. Like whenever there was a commercial break, they would all top us up with, with whatever beer we wanted or whatever we had. And we just keep drinking. And, you know, when, when someone's pouring you a drink, it's harder to keep track of how much you're drinking and because you're not the one pouring it yourself. Fair. <laughs> yeah. At least in my experience, like if I if I know I'm 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 having like two beers or whatever, if there's just an endless amount just keeps refilling when you don't when you look away, you're you're gonna lose track about how much you've actually had, and that's what that, that's what happened to some of the guys that they were saying. That's what I tried to say. That's what I meant to say. So back to the 2024 All Star. That 2024, it was bland. The draft itself was bland. The skills competition. It was Obama giving Obama an award because Connor McDavid was brought out to, you know, talk about uh, was not talk about was brought out to design the award, uh, the, the, the skills competition. And it was very back to bones, back to basics kind of setup. You know, you had your you had your uh, basic agility, fastest skater, uh, fastest shot, uh, hardest shot uh, accuracy challenge. And then you had the whole like relay race thing where you're going through different obstacles and all that to score. Um, Matthew Barzal, absolutely. God, um, I think no sleeves had a hundred dollar bet on Matthew Barzal to win the, um, to win the competition. He gets to the last one. He's in the lead. He's about to go through and he hits seven straight passes to the left of one of the passing gates for the little small nets to pass it through. 
the exact same spot every single time. But I'm like, like Matthew, just just move, just move one inch to the right, and you got it. Skills comp was good. McDavid won. Uh, winner gets a million dollars. Millionaire like getting more money. Claiming that like he somehow rigged it for himself. It's like, oh yeah, he's just not the best player in the world. That uh, that, that stops the second you get to the skill competition and design it. Right. Um. I will say Alexander Gorgiev winning the best goaltender uh, award, which is a hundred thousand dollars, because of course you know goalies get least amount of money out of anybody else. Uh, as they Deserved. should. Uh, he he stops like McDavid only scores three times on his breakaway attempts in one of the challenges, and people were trying to redeem him for you know people were people were saying like you know Gorgiev shouldn't have gone because he's having like a an off year kind of thing, and now like this is like a redemption performance from him and all that fun stuff. But it's it's just an all star game. It's, they're they're to have fun. Uh, I will say the best part about the weekend that was pretty cool was Bieber suiting up to play with Team Matthews and to just skate around. Like, I thought he was going to play, like, in the actual game. Oh, that would have been pretty cool. He did not. He only suited up for the world. That would have been controversial if they did that because it's supposed to be NHL players only. I don't know. I don't like it's not like anything's on the line, but I'm like, that would have been really interesting if they let, like, non. NHL players play in the NHL All-Star game. That'd be pretty cool, though. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Bieber does have hockey playing experience. He didn't play AAA uh, before he became a pop sensation at, like, 14. So, you know, he has practiced with the Leafs beforehand. So this was also apparently his first, like, appearance since getting diagnosed with um, one of the diseases that he got, which was, like, causing, like, facial paralysis. He had to cancel his world tour for. And... They weren't expecting him to perform, and apparently he performed in history, uh, which was pretty cool. Like, he wasn't supposed to do anything. He was supposed to just kind of, like, show up and be a coach. And then now there's, like, a guest performance of, of Bieber for people to just watch and see, which is pretty cool. Anything else to add, Hendo, about the All-Star weekend? Because, again, Sin and I got nothing. Nashra snuck me into an event, so that was pretty cool. I could go on a whole tangent about like things that I did this whole weekend about the All-Star game. Uh, met a lot of cool people. Um, I think this week, met Nashra, met his editor, uh, John. Met Clappy, like, uh, like I said before. Met Clappy was pretty cool. Um, who else did I meet? Uh, met Grizz. Uh, Rahil was down there, Safir, um, Grizz, as in Grizz Gold, who does um, commentary for the NHL, GWC, whatever the hell it's called this year. I can't keep track. Uh, Nasher is Nasher. John is Nasher's videographer. Um, who else did I meet? Uh, met Nick the goalie and his wife, who was really, really nice and sweet. Um, their thing, they're, they're like a small city kind of people, city folk, uh, based in like Vancouver, B.C., so for them to come out and like be in Toronto and get stopped every five, 10 minutes, they were like super in shock with how many people like really, really knew them and how famous they were. I'm like, so have you like gotten like used to the fact that like your husband's like got a million TikTok followers? And she's like, no, not not at all. Like, it's it's still really, really weird. Like, we're not used to this kind of thing, like getting flown out to places, um, getting paid essentially to just make hockey videos 
He's and they were very, very sweet people. Both Nick and his wife Stacy. Very nice, very courteous. I met Rammer. Rammer is like six foot nine. Mm-hmm. He's huge. Massive. And I had a legitimate question I was going to ask him. I was going to ask him, like, hey man, like big uh, thank you for, you know, making NHL what it is right now. You know, I I would say like, you know, I'm a fan of the product, but like not so, worth so that so right you now. Lied to him. No. Hey, I do like NHL. I was going to say to him, so as you're the VP of EA Sports, because he's the VP of EA Sports now, um, when it comes to allocating direction to NHL and EA and FC and Madden, like what is your like what is your game plan in terms of like how do you distribute stuff evenly and how do you determine what like how you give amount or development power to certain like teams? But instead of saying all that. I said, hi, I'm a content creator. I'm here to support my friends who are playing in a thing. And I completely got super nervous. Like, he's so tall. I got fucking nervous, dude. I got scared. I was thinking of how I saw Rammer. And I wanted to have an, an eloquent question. And I ended up, like, freezing up completely. It's because, probably for the best. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> probably for the best. Not not, um, not to say because of you, Endo. It's just he probably doesn't want to answer questions like that in that setting. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else happened this weekend? Uh, it was the uh, creator skills tournament. And I tried sleeves tried to get me in because I didn't have any credential pass on me. He's like, oh, he's with me. It's like the guy's like, oh, you need a pass anyway. So then I go around. I see Nasher. I'm like, yo, can you let me in? He's like, just hop the fence. I hop the fence. Security guy comes over here and Nasher says, oh, yeah, he's with me. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. And he's like, all right, cool, whatever. And he just leaves. I'm like, Sweet. So I got to hang on a bunch of like creators at the three on three thing. It was pretty cool. Found out that my buddy Vince was um, playing for the gold team and the gold team was stacked because half of the guys on that team were local and they play with each other. It had like Powell Barber. Uh, Vince was there as well. A bunch of other guys who played like semi pro hockey, too. So they were just buzzing around everybody else. I felt bad for uh, Swaggy P, a.k.a. Elevate, who's a trick like or he's also like a former pro guy. He his team was uh was not so good. Coach Chip uh was not having a good day. I will say that too. Uh but all in all, it was a great event. Wrapped it up with the Leafs gaming event on Sunday, and it was really, really fun. It was a lot of networking, a lot of meeting people. Um who else? I think I'm it's like I mentioned I met I think I mentioned I met tactics as well. Like there, there are so many people that I met and cross paths with. Um, Jordan from Isles Gaming was there as well too. Talked to him for a bit on Sunday. Uh, it's just been a lot of networking and meeting people and doing all that stuff. Yeah, that would have been <clears throat> the one positive to going for me, yeah. as opposed to like the All Star game itself or anything like that. Like that would have been the benefit. Um, although. For the amount of money it would have cost, like, eh, no yes. But that is the best part of events like that is getting to, you know, either meet people or see people again. Um, you know, like to me, when people are just like, oh, like the, the Vancouver trip or whatever, you know, that I got to take in August, it's like, what was the highlight of that? It's like mm-hmm. less than you know, being like, oh, I can talk to the devs and stuff like that directly. It's it's more about the people that you get to see and, and hang out with for a little bit and 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely the, the biggest selling point, I would say. I think the coolest thing that I did was play like Shinny with Nasher. So the, the, the whole quick story about that was Wednesday comes in. He's like, hey, I want to go play in the ODR tonight. And I'm like, name a place and where? That's my first mistake. Never ask a guy who's not from your country or your city to make a plan or plan an event. He's like, hey, we'll go to this rink. Okay, that rink's closed. We'll go to this rink. That rink's also closed. Okay, let's try this rink. Okay, that rink's closed, but the pleasure pad's open, so let's go pass the puck around and have the fun pleasure with pleasure pad? Yeah. Oh, so it's we call it a pleasure pad, as in, like, pleasure skating, free skating. Okay. Yes. As in, like, leisure. Then call it the leisure pad. <laughs> leisure pad. Whatever. No, but it's pleasure not skating is like we call it pleasure skating here, where it's like an open, not not exactly on an ice rink, but it's on like a path, like a nature path. All right. Yeah, that's what it's <laughs> called here. Sure. Yes. That that's that's what it is. The, the I'm pleasure sorry, path. It's, it's yes, questionable. I, yes, I took Nasher on a pleasure on my pleasure path. How do you how do you feel? <laughs> I'm just glad oh. you two had a great time. Yes, very great time. I uh, showed them around the city as well, too, because we just drove them back because they took an Uber to like three different rinks. And we're like, what? Like, I get it. But like, we'll just drive you like it's it's totally fine whatsoever. So we give them a tour around, show them old Maple Leaf Gardens, uh, other places around the city as well. Uh, it was pretty. That was probably the coolest thing. So it was really awesome to do that and meet someone who you know i looked up to for content creation for a while and now it's like you're on a first name basis with someone it's kind of weird like that's why my ego has been like a little bit like i'm on like a little bit high horse it's like i know all these cool people but at the same time they're just people at the end of the day like what of it i was gonna <laughs> i was trying to decide who i wanted to take a shot at i was gonna be like except for this guy but will be nice. And uh, I'm glad you had a lovely time. Um, again, I, yeah. I do like that the vast majority of the conversation was not about the NHL product itself. But again, people it just argue, like, oh, it's not marketed towards adults. It's like, who's, who's going to spend money on it? I think I think the adults are the ones that can spend the money on it. But hey, the I, after party, like the, the NHL experiences was pretty cool. I didn't get obviously a chance to go because it was way too fucking expensive. Uh, tickets for the night one tickets for night one was like $200, uh, which was the draft tickets for the skills competition was like $400. And then tickets for the actual game itself was like four fifty five hundred dollars like Canadian. That's expensive. That's, that's expensive. Like if it, you were in Florida, you could probably get tickets for all three of those for like $200, $300 for all three nights. But right. in Toronto, because of, you know, it's a hockey mecca, essentially. You don't really have a chance to buy anything because everyone's bought by scalpers and this and that and all that. It was almost more, it almost made more sense to buy the NHL experiences package because you get a chance to go to the after parties that they have at the Metro Toronto uh, Convention Center with a bunch of people performing. I don't know who performed night one. I think it was Nelly. And then night two, Nelly. it was Nelly Furtado. Which was pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Fair enough. Sorry, it was, no, it go was ahead. pretty Continue. cool. Yeah, uh, that's that's pretty much it. Everyone left. Uh, met Pete Blackburn. 
that's the cool thing too. Medley Blackburn, he is a short king, but he's yoked, so I can't I can't talk shit about him being small or or tiny. There you go. I'll beat you up. It's cool. Super cool. Again, I'm glad you had a great time. Um, yeah. Would have been nice to be there, but wasn't worth the uh, the price of admission. <laughs> so, it's all good. With that, we have a couple of other little news and notes to get into. Um, in regards to the All-Star weekend and such, um, Gary Bettman held a press conference where he confirmed some big, big news. And that is that the NHL will be participating in the Olympics again. The Olympics, hooray, in 2026 and 2030. Now, is this good news? Yes, it is. Of course it is. It's the NHL going back to the biggest stage where the best players in the world will get to compete on an international level. It is tremendous news. There's no doubt about that. However, surprise, surprise, I can find a negative in something. The fuck? That's my response. The fuck? Because this could have been done for 2018 and 2022. But you didn't. You didn't. I'd love to know what has apparently changed between missing out on the last two Olympic cycles to now where you're like, no, nope, we'll go back. I'd love to know what changed because I'm sorry, I can't imagine it's that much. And you think about the players now that have never played on Olympic ice or those who have not played since the Sochi Olympics 10 years ago. The last time the NHL went to the Olympics, Sidney Crosby was 26 years old. He is now 36. He will be 37 in August. By the time the NHL makes it to Olympic ice again, Connor McDavid will be 29 playing in his first Olympics. It's a travesty because Fuck of that off, fact Gary. alone. Like, we can be happy that they're finally going back. But the you we've missed out on Prime Crosby at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. And that's that sucks. That absolutely sucks. And we've missed out on I mean, who knows what prime years will be for Connor McDavid. But the fact that we haven't already seen Connor McDavid at the Olympic level at least once, technically it would have been twice, right? 2018 and 2022. He was already in the league in 2018. Mm -hmm. And those are just two examples. Think about all the other players in that age group of Sidney Crosby or older that have already retired that missed out on their extra shot to go to the Olympics. And then you think about the younger players that, again, someone like Connor McDavid going to be 29 years old by the time he gets back or by the time he makes his debut. Yep. Like, am I happy that they're finally going back? Yes, but I cannot help but think about 
all of the time and opportunity lost by yeah. so many different players. And for what reason? The thing that bothers me the most is like they expect to be patted on the back for it. Right. It's like, no, you should have been going this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like it, the Olympics hasn't been amateur only, and I can't remember how long. So, like, that's not even an excuse. I think it was. Was it? Let's see. Nagano was ninety eight. So what? Uh, yeah, Nagano was, was ninety eight. So like would have been nineteen eighty seven or something like that. I was gonna say. So I was thinking it was. Would it have been the nineteen ninety Winter Olympics? Or would it have been? Because ninety two was no ninety two was the um, the summer one. Because I think there was a weird thing there, but I'm pretty sure it was the nineties where it changed from amateur representation for Olympic ice hockey. Let's see, when did the NHL first go to the Olympics? Why not? Should be able to find that quick and easy. Um. NHL players participated in five games from 98 to 2014. So it was okay. So it was, yeah, um, it was the Nagano Olympics in 98 mm-hmm. where they went for the first time. Um, that said, you know, if it, if it stayed that way, right. If it stayed that way and it was only about the amateur game, that's fine. But at the same time, the standard was raised when it was no longer an amateur focus. Yep. And let's be honest, the idea of it being an amateur focus thing was bullshit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially during what... the Soviet Union. Like, they were it, all professionals. Exactly. But it was exactly. a loophole that they were, quote, unquote, amateurs. It was 98 that you really finally started to see there be a lot of competition. Here's the history of the gold medal in the Winter Olympics for men's ice hockey. 1920, and then obviously every four years on from there. Canada, 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 Canada. Great Britain in 36. What the fuck? Canada, Canada. I think Canada wasn't there for that one. I'm Probably not. Because that's during the fucking war, dude. Yeah. 36? 1936, yeah. uh, It's not during a war. Huh? 1936 was not during a war. Fuck, I don't it, know, it was held in Germany as well, so that's they probably boycotted going, if probably, anything. Yeah. But no, if Great Britain was there, they would have maybe yeah. boycotted. Yeah. Um, there was a big break in the Winter Olympics between 1936 and 1948 because of the war. So when it continues in 48, Canada, Canada, the Soviets, 1960 is the U.S. Uh, infamously, of course, Herb Brooks not making that team, and then they mm-hmm. go on to win which was a big crux of like, hey, the 1980 games. From 1964 to 1988, the Soviet Union, uh, with the exception of the U.S. in Lake Placid 1980, and of course the Soviets won silver over Sweden. Um, 92, you had a unified team known as the uh, Commonwealth of Independent States winning... Um, which was in the aftermath of the Soviet Union falling apart, and that's this whole thing. 94 is Sweden. So you think about that. Very few and far between. It was Canada in the very early stages, the Soviet Union dominating, 
between the you know the 50s and up into the the 90s and then ever since the US or ever since the NHL had allowed teams to go Czechia Canada Sweden Canada Canada Russia which was the Olympic athletes of Russia in 2018 mm-hmm. because again the NHL stopped going and then Finland in 2022 you had a hell of a lot more competitive nature i would say i mean canada won three out of five that the nhl was involved in but it wasn't just soviets 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 yeah once canada and there were close games too you think about the the golden goal crosby Mm -hmm. it is overtime man like it was it was a great game right i mean and look, I enjoyed ice hockey for the 2018 Olympics. That was when Germany took uh, not Russia to overtime. That was a good story. Uh, Finland beating not Russia in 2022 in Beijing. That was a good story. But the level of play is never going to be higher unless you have the NHLers involved. Yeah. And like I said, just the absurd amount of players that could have made it, that could have should have played and either never got another chance to or, you know, and have since retired. Or if it's someone like Sidney Crosby now, who's in the twilight of his career, uh, it's just incredibly frustrating. I think both can be true. You can be happy that the NHL is finally going back, but you can also say like, the fuck's the matter with you? You just could have gone for the Mm -hmm. past two anyway. We could be gearing up for Connor McDavid in his third Olympics heading into 2026. You know, could have enjoyed prime Crosby. Now he's going to be going when he's almost 40. Yeah. I mean, we're two years out. He makes it. Yeah. Who knows if he even makes it? Yeah. There's a realistic chance that the last time Sidney Crosby would have played in uh, the Olympics was 2014. Yeah. And with the way Ovi's been trending, he's not not making it. He's not going to be there. Like, If Ovechkin is on the Russian team or whatever the hell they call it, if Russia is allowed to participate in the 2026 games, who the fuck knows, um, he'll be a passenger. Like Alex Ovechkin's quality of play. We've talked about that. It's been bad, man. It's been bad. Um, On this uh, day, at least, I see clearly, uh, he has 31 points in 44 games with nine goals. It sure like, looks like decent, but that's not Ovi. Exactly. It sure looks like that decline is hit. Ovi is 38. Mm-hmm. He will be. Yeah, he'll be 40 yep. by the time those games happen because his birthday is in September. So yeah, he yeah. I mean, say what you want about Alexander Ovechkin. It's still in terms of him as the hockey player. The fact that, you know, he missed out on the last two Olympic games. Yeah, sucks. And like I said, you think about older, like Joe Pavelski's not going to get a chance for the U.S. again. Nope. That was his last chance in 2014. And, it was, and he was a monster that tournament, I remember so mm-hmm. clearly. Like, Ruf- you know, like, you know how far back that was? Fucking Rafalski was playing, I think, unless I'm thinking of 2010. <laughs> but so yeah, in turn. OK, so here we go, because we always love stuff like this in terms of the 2014 Olympic rosters. I'm going to mention the U.S. and Canada here instead yeah, of everybody. That. Yeah. For the U.S., their goaltenders, Jonathan Quick, Jimmy Howard, Ryan Miller. Jimmy Howard. Two out of three are retired, and I can't imagine Jonathan Quick's going, whereas he would have 
mm-hmm. in one of the prior two games that they missed. He absolutely would have at least made the roster. He might not have been the starter, but he would have been there. Your forwards, Joe Pavelski. Doubt he's going. Zach Parise was the captain of the team in Sochi. He did just sign with Colorado, but he's not going in two years. No. Derek Stepan is retired. Ryan Kessler's retired. James Van Riemsdyk is now 34, so maybe he'll get another chance. Dustin Brown, retired. Ryan Callahan, retired. Paul Stashney, retired. Blake Wheeler, he is 37. He'll be 38 in August. He's in his 11th hour career. David Backus, retired. Retired. Max Pacioretty, injured to shit. TJ Sochi himself, will he get another opportunity? Probably not. He would have in 2018. He probably would have in 2020. He's 37. He's he's probably not getting another shot. Phil Kessel probably will never get another shot. He hasn't even signed with the team. Patrick Kane, maybe. Maybe he hangs around long enough to play in 2026. On defense, Cam Fowler, John Carlson, Paul Martin, Ryan Suter, Kevin Shattenkirk, Ryan McDonough, Brooks Orpik, and Justin Falk. How many of those guys would have been on that USA team in 2018? I'd say a good amount of them. Mm Mm-hmm. Or at least would have certainly been in consideration to make it. And then obviously 2020, it would have, you know, Kane would have been there. Pavelski would have been there. But 2026, I don't know how many of the, like, you don't get more than a handful. I don't even think you get a handful. No. Not not with how many good Americans are in the league now, man. Right. Like, and and, and most of the ones that we talk about now are just getting better. Like, I don't think anyone you mentioned of the forward group uh, who wasn't retired is going to make it over some of the other Americans. Patrick Kane off of legacy. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he's the only one, maybe JVR yeah. if he plays fourth line, but I don't know if he'll be there. Like it's, it's these nuts. guys got screwed. That generation yeah. got absolutely screwed. The Canadian team in 2014 in Sochi, Luongo price and Mike Smith. They're all gone. They're all gone. Mike Smith hasn't officially retired, but I, I yeah, don't forty four. What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Um, Luongo and Price, Price especially. Price probably would have been. Yeah, unless he was hurt, he would have been the starter in twenty eighteen for Canada. He got fucked. That's when his injuries first started. Twenty eighteen. The forwards: Matt Duchesne, Patrick Sharp, Patrick Marlowe. Chris Kunitz, Ryan Getzlaff, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, Jamie Benn, Corey Perry, Martin St. Louis, Patrice Bergeron, Rick Nash, Jeff Carter, and Captain Sidney Crosby. That generation got They're all retired. Like most of those names you just mentioned are retired now. That is crazy. Like, I'm sorry that it's the pessimistic attitude for me in regards to this when I should just be hyped, but this is what I think about, is I'm genuinely frustrated for these guys. And you have to imagine there's some level of frustration from them, too. For the most part, I'm sure someone like Patrice Bergeron is like, eh, it was out of my hands, man. I had a great career. I'm going to be a hockey Hall of Famer, whatever. But first ballot, there has to be frustration. Their defense, by the way, was Duncan Keith, Dan, Ham- Dan Hamhuse, or as 2K called him, Dan Hamhouse. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shea Weber, 
Oh, Shay Weber boy. Shay Weber boy. Drew Doughty, Jay Bomeister, Alex Petrangelo, Mark Edward Vlasic, and PK Subban. With you see, kids, Vlasic was elite. <laughs> with, by the way, a note here that Martin St. Louis was only there because Steven Stamkos was selected but was injured and unable to play. Talk about someone who's gotten totally fucked out of an international career. Steven Stamkos has never played in the Olympics. Not once. He's played in World Championships, World Juniors. Steven Stamkos, because of that injury, and he wasn't a part of the Canadian team in 2010, Steven Stamkos has never played an Olympic game for Canada. That's crazy. He's 33 now. He turns 34 on February 7th. So he'll be Crosby's age by the time they're getting ready to go to the Olympics in 2026. No guarantee he makes that team with Canada's roster. And if he does, it's not prime Steven Stamkos. And that's a tragedy to me, at least as a hockey fan. And I I don't get it. I don't get it because we all talked about that over the last two Olympic cycles that they missed. And what the hell are the NHL doing? What is this bullshit? Just fucking go. Like we get the idea of, oh, well, injuries can happen. The players wanted to go. Whether or not it's the owners, the NHL's governance, whatever the hell, they dropped the ball twice. Let's not pretend they didn't now because we're all happy that they're finally going back. There's a generation that got absolutely shafted. Multiple generations. The prior generation that might have had a chance to go in 2016 or 2018, excuse me. And then there's the current generation. Of Connor McDavid, again, not playing his first Olympic Games until age 29. And God forbid he gets hurt and misses it like Stamkos did. Then you're talking about him not getting to play in the in the Olympics until age 30 fucking three. Like, and that's because of the missed opportunities from before. So, yes, it's nice they're going back. Holy hell, is it frustrating? Because it, sh- it shouldn't have been this. It shouldn't have been. Yeah. I'm trying to like see because Tomas Hurdle is now in his 30s. I'm trying to see if he actually played for the Olympics once because he was would have been av- available for one of them. Sorry, uh, just... he wasn't on a 2014 roster. What? That's crazy for Chechia. Maybe they were they were maybe they weren't there. Uh, huh. they, they were there. Yeah, and... he wasn't he wasn't on that team. Uh, the four the forwards on that 2014 team for the checks. Um, and, and this is another point. There are some guys that might have been able to sneak on to their rosters in like 2018 because they were on like this career peak and then they just fell off and now they have no shot of making it. Right. Yeah. The 2014 check team was Milan Mahalik, uh, Roman Trevenka. And again, apologies for pronunciations here. Martin Hansel, Yuri Novotny. Thomas Placanics, Andre Palat, Patrick Eliash, David Krejci, Michael Froelich, Yaramir Yager, Alesh Hemsky, Jakub Voracek, Martin Erat, Peter Nedved, Jakub Kovar, Andre Pavlik, and Alexander Salak. Hmm. Uh, the latter three being goalies, I should say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it's it's immensely frustrating to me because I, I can't just be like, oh yeah, no, everything's good now. Like no. Let, let's let's not forget how rightfully frustrated hockey fans were in the hockey world 
happened to be in 2018 and 2022 when the NHL didn't yeah. go. Rightfully frustrated for a reason, and those reasons are still very much applicable now, just like they were before. Yeah. So, um, obviously, you could look back at the the twenty. Like you know, there are some good stories from the 2018 deal because you had players that never would have gotten there otherwise. Right. Like the, the Canadian roster in 2018, um, you know, Carl Stellari wasn't going to be an Olympian <laughs> had it not been for the NHL not being involved or Gilbert Brule for Canada. <laughs> and, um, you know, like the the U.S.'s team that year, you had uh, <laughs> you had some names such as James Wisniewski and Captain Brian Gianna <laughs> stuff oh like that. God. Like they were kind of enjoyable for that reason, but nothing beats the best of the best going head to head. And that is why in 2016, the NHL held the world cup of hockey, which did hockey fans enjoy it. Yes. That Hell was yeah. a fun tournament. Would anybody say I prefer that tournament over the over them going to the Olympics two years later? No. And if you do, you're a fucking liar. Just you're just trying to be contrarian. Nobody wanted that tournament over the Olympics. People enjoyed the tournament because it was fucking scuffed. That tournament was fucking stupid. Where you had Canada, who won as hosts, Brad Marchand scoring the winner in Toronto. The Czech Republic, Finland, Russia, Sweden, the United States, and then Team North America, which was 23 and under players that were either American or Canadian. <laughs> Europeans with, loved that. Yeah, with um, <laughs> McDavid and Matthews on the same team. You also had Team Some of Europe. Where if you weren't from Czechia, if you weren't from Finland or Russia or Sweden, they just threw the rest of you onto a team. Team, yep. fuck you. and just threw them over. Germans, Slovakians, Swiss, French, Denmark with Bodker, Yannick Hansen, Franz Nielsen, Thomas Vanek was there for Austria. Matt Zuccarello, you're Norwegian. Team some of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> like... God, that was such a bad like I get it, but at the same time, it's literally like when you're filling out your your, your ethnicity on a fucking uh, ID paper, it's like black, white, whatever, this, other. It's like why? <laughs> and now the NHL is doing something similar with another international tournament, yay. Who cares? Um, they are going to be hosting the Four Nations Face-Off Tournament in 2025. Canada, Finland, Sweden, and the United States represented. Which... Fuck you, Russia. So Fuck it's you an anywhere in, else. It's an in-season tournament next year that will consist of seven total games being played over nine days. Between February 12th and 20th, along with two practice days on the 10th and the 11th, 
held uh, to be held in two yet to be named North American cities, one in Canada and one in the United States. So you have no problem doing this in season mini international tournament. But of course, sending players to the Olympics isn't worth it. Yeah. In 2018 and, and 2022. Calling it right now, Quebec City and Salt Lake. They maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But you know, I, I'm guess I'm guessing some people be like, well, yeah, but it's an NHL event, so they benefit from it. Does the NHL better benefit from a tournament like this, or do they better benefit from having the spotlight that the Olympics provides? It's the I, Olympics, but that's a long term you know, the NHL has a has a major issue with like understanding long-term benefits it seems like they're always in it for the short term oh Mm -hmm. what if players get injured over there it'll mess up this and it'll make mess up this year it'll mess up this year whereas you look at what the nba did when they brought about the dream team and how much basketball took off globally Mm. largely in part to that so much so that we had to have the redeem team because USA got its fucking ass kicked by multiple, you know, other teams. Like it's, it's great. It, it's honestly, it's, it, yeah, it's just, it bugs me how, how short sighted the NHL and many fans are too, who like to side with the weird decisions that the NHL makes sometimes. But hooray, they're going back to the Olympics. Please clap for Gary Bennett. <laughs> Please clap. Other little notes here. Um, don't have too much to, to mention um, in terms of just, hey, general well wishes um, to Evgeny Kuznetsov, who is another player that has now entered into the player assistance program. We've talked about that before. Um, the idea that the stigmas dropped a bit and mm-hmm. players have a way to go. Whereas, you know, you wish this existed in its current form years ago, it might have very well prevented numerous tragedies that we had seen. So best wishes to Kuznetsov. Um, and granted, for a different reason, best wishes to Yessi Pugliarvi, who oh, yeah, doing brother. well with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, has signed a deal for the rest of this year and next year with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, if there's any team where he could try to find that full potential again that it looked like he had, um, I feel like Pittsburgh is it just the the magic of like, well, Crosby and Malkin are there. And there was always the joke of who the fuck is that on Crosby's wing? Yeah, um, could be Essie Pugliarvi coming up. Yeah, party. I love I, I love Pugliarvi. I think out of any player in the NHL, um, Sidney Crosby can revive Pugliarvi's career. Out of any he can, player, he can revive anyone's career. Exactly. <laughs> He may, he's getting he's getting he got Jake Gensel paid during the playoff run that they had those two years. He got him mm. fucking paid, dude. Another thing to note really quickly, I, I don't want to get into this because Jesus Christ, this conversation. Um, Marty Walsh took shots at the Coyotes saying, what the hell are we still doing here? Why the hell? Basically, um, saying that the Coyotes have missed two deadlines. To move forward with an arena project, quote, how long do you wait to get a home? They're playing in a college arena. There's a second tenant in that arena. That's not a way to run a business. Um, the Coyotes have made it clear again. They're look, they're targeting a specific plot of land right now and trying to get a deal done for that. We'll see what the hell happens. You know, we've been over the Coyotes thing time and time yeah. again. I feel like it's almost been a year since Deke Slayer was on the show talking about the failed Tempe arena deal. Mm-hmm. Um my viewpoint is still this. They are not going to relocate a team unless they have no choice. Yeah. 
Because now you look at the, and let me get the exact number here. You look at the $500 million expansion fee that Vegas paid to join the league, followed by the $650 million expansion fee that the Kraken paid to the league. They do not want to relocate teams. No. They are going to be able to command $700 million plus for an expansion team. I think if Atlanta gets another shot, as it's rumored that they're going to, I don't think it'll be relocation. I think it'll no. be close to a nearly $1 billion expansion fee. Yeah, it's going to. I don't, I don't know why people keep using that, oh, the Salt Lake Coyotes, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's it's not, why would they do that when Salt Lake has now come out and publicly said, yeah, we're interested in an expansion team. So they have no negotiation. Be like, oh, just move this team here. No, buy this thing. Pay us, pay us 700, 800 million. And that's going to happen. And then, so the interesting thing is they're going to want to balance all the divisions. So Salt Lake makes sense, Central. Um, yeah. What we're, we're, we're are we even on divisions now? Yeah, eight, eight, and eight. Yeah, and we eight. have. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Have Thirty-two, 32 teams still. Uh, yeah. So you're gonna we're, we're gonna need four expansion teams. And people who come out and say that's too many teams, you can argue about maybe to like you know uh, saturating the talent or whatever. But I think there's so much talent in the NHL and it's only getting better. Um, but it's when people always say it's too many teams, can you can you sustain that in the markets? What other major sport has seven Canadian teams? Mm. None. Shit, the answer right. is none. So if you're looking at it from a MLB, NFL, NBA perspective, we are still at in the mid-20s for American teams. There is room for expansion. They're likely mostly going to go there. You might get one Canadian franchise. It'll be in QC, sure. And then uh, if, if Atlanta comes back, there's your two East teams. You need an – I don't know where that Pacific team is going to be unless Salt Lake will be listed as Pacific, but that's uh, yeah, a bit of a stretch. Mm, I mean, Vegas is in the Pacific. Sure, but Arizona is now in the Central. Yeah, maybe you move Arizona back. Put them back. Put two. Yeah. I mean, you could Salt Lake City plus Houston. Texas yep. is huge. The fact there's only one team there is kind of crazy. So yeah, yeah, or you know, Kansas City's been mentioned. There's so many possibilities. There's so many good markets. That's why expansion keeps getting talked about, and people who are continuing to resist it because they're just not thinking of it from a logical point. They're thinking of it from number of teams rather than available markets and there are still plenty of available viable very viable markets hockey in texas is actually way bigger than people think they mm -hmm. could absolutely sustain a second team bring right. the arrows back and use that sick fucking fighter jet logo they have or uh god i love that you guys know exactly what I'm i, I want yes. new brands i'm sick of i know what that means yeah um, you can, I was gonna you say. Gonna get this, okay, I was gonna say. Okay, you you say your thing, and I'll say my thing after. It's it's more of a question. Okay, I was gonna say in regards to like the whole diluting the player pool thing. I don't really think so. Like it, it won't expansion has showed us twice that is not the case. Like yes, I mean I guess you could argue in general. Like obviously it's gonna bring the quality down. You have more players, it'll bring the average down, whatever. But it's not gonna be like oh these dudes who never would have made it otherwise because. You look at the top level of AHL scoring right now. Um, at the top is Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork. 
uh, for the Texas Stars, who obviously two of the best prospects in the star system, two of the best prospects in hockey, you could argue. But aside from that, it's guys like Mark Jankowski, Michael Scarbosa, uh, Cole Lind, Rocco Grimaldi, Max McCormick, Adam Gaudette, Cooper Marotti. Those are guys that have NHL experience that are just pushed out. If there mm-hmm. were five forward lines, they'd be on line five, sometimes sneaking up to line four. I don't think, like, you know who it would affect? It would affect the AHL, who would then have to call up better CHL t- or ECHL talent. And then it would really affect the ECHL. <laughs> Yeah. Is who would is who it would affect, and at the end of the day, that's worth it to the NHL to be like, well, the ECHL is going to take a hit in terms of quality, but mm. you know, the NHL would be fine with their yeah. near billion dollars worth of an expansion fee sitting in the bank. Yep. Endo, what were you going to mention? I was going to say, what would the Salt Lake City's team name be? Salt Lake Mir- Salt Salt Lake Miracle. Storm and Mormons. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm. Not, I'm. I'm. I don't. I'm not good at speculating on what would their their team name would be. I'm excited to see what it would be and what the branding would be for it because I've like the Kraken is a great one. It's unique. Right. Golden Knights is like, boring. With the <laughs> Kraken though, too, it's like, oh hey, what's your mascot? Oh, it's a bridge troll. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you never, you never really know what kind of references they are going to go with that are really only more known by the people who actually yeah live but what there. the fuck is gritty then Gritty's like the thing of like oh this thing burned down this abomination was in like the scaffolding and now he's out loose like causing ruckus i, uh-huh. I mean i'd rather it, like Bowie's based on the fremont the troll which is like an mascot. anti-homeless establishment thing like so um yeah, for Salt Lake City, like you can even sit there and scroll through the Wikipedia page. Like they are above a fault line. They could do something in regards to earthquakes, mm-hmm. something like that, in terms of the name. Like there's so much that any city could do with their branding, with their color scheme, with their mascots, yeah. whatever else. And Utah's know? very much a plains and kind of desert area as well a lot of places of it not everywhere but it's beautiful mountains too i mean yeah they got kind of a little bit of everything there mm -hmm. besides ocean yeah so plenty 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 that that could be done in regards to that um yeah i agree not really necessarily worth talking about in depth speculation wise because we don't know but yeah anyway yeah that's why the coyotes (laughs) aren't uh Likely to go anywhere anytime soon unless they absolutely have to. Like, if they are stuck without a home, the NHL will be like, all right, let's move them to Salt Lake City. Probably temporarily. I think it could end up being um, similar to what the NBA did almost 20 years ago. When Katrina hit New Orleans, the Hornets ended up playing in Oklahoma City. And OKC rallied around the team enough that they're just like, okay, cool. We we want a team here. Unfortunately, they didn't get an expansion. They took the Seattle Sonics. But, yeah. you know, that could happen. If, if a team like the Coyotes ultimately fail and can't get a long time home, they could move that franchise temporarily to a location like Salt Lake City and then figure it out from there type of thing. It wouldn't necessarily mean even Salt Lake City is like the full-time home type of thing. You'd be like, all right, they're the... SLC Coyotes 
for two or three seasons. Oh, okay. The arena's built in Arizona. Moving back. SLC. Hey, you want that team? Expansion fee, baby. So we'll see. It's the NHL. They're weird. You never know. Last two things quickly. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings have fired head coach Todd McClellan, who I totally forgot was the head coach of the Los Angeles Kings. Um, they were off to a really, really good start this season and have just hit a rut, to say the least. Yeah. Um, this is a very interesting time for them after making the playoffs last year, being in a good situation, but now uh, finding themselves. They're in the top wild card spot at the All-Star break, so it's kind of surprising to see a head coaching change, but I guess it also shows the ambition. Here's the thing. It's believed they should be able to do. Um, they They were in like second in the Pacific for a while. In the beginning yes. of the season. I mean, it's the fall off. Like, I, you know, yeah, they're in a wild card spot right now, but they have been leapfrogged by multiple different teams and they have been awful. And uh, the coach killer strikes again. Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> He's making 8.5 million playing on the fourth line. And he is like 0.5 point per games. Point per game right now. Points per game. Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think, again, I don't think it's Todd McClellan's fault. He's been there for a while. Maybe it's just time for a new voice. Look what Edmonton has accomplished. Mm -hmm. They're going to be going for their record, which is a great story in itself. Their record-breaking win against the team that eliminated from playoff contention last season. Mm. That's going to be a hell of a game. I can't wait for that one. But, yeah, for the Kings right here, I think they've done the rebuild the right way. I think it's it was a big fucking risk going for Pierre-Luc Dubois and then signing him long-term to that amount of money, and then look what he's doing. And the coach yeah. is fired now. If he doesn't respond to this next coach, like it's he's out of he's out of benefits of the doubt at that point. Like, right. who the fuck are you going to perform for? You got paid, you got what you wanted, you got off your team multiple times. It's time to play hockey. I'm so excited for the Dubois to Montreal rumors to start back up. Oh my god. We didn't get enough years of that, you know. We need we need yeah. more at this point. They never left, honestly. They're they're just and, yeah. uh, they're anytime just... it's a major player trade rumors to Toronto, if it's if he's French Montreal. <laughs> mm. <laughs> exactly. God damn. For McClellan, he'll land somewhere. Oh, yeah, you know, he's a good coach. He always does. Um, it's just really weird to think, like, you know, six years, almost seven, as the Sharks head coach. That ended in 2015. Mm -hmm. um, then he went to Edmonton. For three years, almost McDavid. three and a half. And then four years, nine months, and 17 days as the head coach of the Kings. And he's done pretty good in most of those places. I mean, with, with the Oilers fucking roster that he had, I, I will never blame a coach for how a, a team in Edmonton does so long as Ken Holland and Peter Shirelli are the guys who are the architects of that team. So I think yeah. Woodcroft will land somewhere too. I'm curious as to where he goes. I'd be that. How funny would it be if he goes to the Kings? Mm. Like just yeah. the narrative of that. I'm looking uh, at the roster that Todd McClellan inherited. Um, <laughs> it's bad. Oh, shit. So 2015-16 was their first season. Leading scorer was Taylor Hall with 65 points in the full season. 
You had 20-year-old Dreisaitl, 51 points in 72 games. 19-year-old McDavid, 48 points in 45 games. Eberle, 47 points. 36 points for Benoit Pouliot. Then you had Nugent Hopkins on 34, Purcell on 32, Andre Sakara at 30, and then the rest of this roster. <laughs> Mark Latestu, Neil mm. Yakupov, Lori Korpakowski, Pat Maroon, Eero Pakarainen, Matt Hendricks, Brandon Davidson, <laughs> Mark Fain, <laughs> Eric Griba, Anton Griba. Lander. The Luke two of those Gazzik? guys in there are creative skaters, man. <laughs> oh God, Adam Party. That's Played another creative skater. Who? <laughs> uh. Anton Slepyshev. Yeah, Played eleven games that year. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Edmonton's uh, roster construction still questionable to this day. Who were the goaltenders then? It was was Dub- No, was Dubnik there at that time? Or was it Talbot? Their goaltenders. 56 games, Cam Talbot. 26 for Anders Nielsen and 5 for Laurent Brassois. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Brassois has been around for a while. Yeah. They won 31 games that (laughs) year. The next year, they won 47 and uh, lost in the second round to the Ducks after beating the Sharks Mm -hmm. in round one. Crazy what full season McDavid does for you, right? Yeah, the next season, 36 wins, didn't make the playoffs. 35 wins, didn't make the playoffs. That was the year that McClellan was fired after 20 games, and Ken Hitchcock took over and had an under 500. Of course. Oh, boy, the Oilers. The Oilers, the Oilers. Uh, final thing to talk about. I, know, I don't think you and I get to talk about this on the last show. I think it broke afterwards. Um, uh, but the, 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 big, yeah. the big, big trade that happened. Um, the the biggest trade of mm-hmm. our times as well actually in fairness there were two trades I was going to make a, a joke about Will Butcher did we get to talk about the Lindholm trade last time no we didn't it broke like two hours afterwards okay so we have the two trades to talk about then to wind down the show the first on January 31st as the Vancouver Canucks acquired Elias Lindholm from the Calgary Flames for Andre Kuzmenko defensive prospect Jan Yermo Hunter very Polish Hunter Bruce, um, a 2024 first round pick and a conditional fourth round pick uh, that can become a third, depending on what happens. My initial reaction to this trade is still the same way that I feel now. Is Lindholm an improvement on Kuzmenko? Yes. Is he a drastic improvement? Eh. There's, there's some similarities between the two. I agree that Kuzmenko's time for Vancouver was was probably done, but people turned on him pretty fast based on what he did in his first season last year. Yermo's not a big piece to give up. He's a bit of a long shot to make it, I would say. Um, Hunter, very Polish. Looking like a solid prospect. Third round pick this year. This season with Kitchener, 69 points in 49 games as a defenseman. Nice. So, you gave up Kuzmenko, a long shot in Yermo, but a solid prospect and a first for Lindholm. A Lindholm it makes me who, excited for the rental market. Yeah, it should, especially because it's it's dried up a little bit already. Um, 
The Canucks have the best player out of this deal. Mm-hmm. What version of Elias Lindholm they get? Do they get the guy who, next to Johnny Gaudreau, had a point-per-game season and 42 goals? That was two years ago. Is that guy still there? Or is it closer to what he was in Calgary, 32 points in 49 games? He will, he will have better talent surrounding him on the Canucks. It all depends on what version of Lindholm hey. He's a pretty solid get? defensive player, too, I think. He's okay. He's not He's not Selkie candidate, but no, he's all right. But I, he's, a, he's got a solid two-way game, which I think is going to – that that's what you want come the playoffs. I mean, if Elias Lindholm steps into that lineup and he's third-line defense first center and has 18 points in 35 games for the Canucks – People are going to be like, oh, okay, especially if they lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And he's still in that role. The narrative, I think, surrounding this trade will will change, especially if he walks at the end of the season. Um, yeah. You know, he is a pending UFA. The benefit, Kuzmenko had an extra year on his deal. I think for Calgary, you're feeling good. Like, you get a player like Andre Kuzmenko who could do really well for you. You get a really solid prospect, the first round pick for a guy that apparently you didn't want to re-sign because Lindholm said he was willing to, and they never really talked about it. So I think Calgary was just kind of under the impression, like, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. It comes down to what the Canucks do in the playoffs versus how well prospect and eventual 2024 first round pick pan out for Calgary. We don't know who wins immediately. I think both teams, both fan bases have reason to be happy about this trade. I think it accomplished what both sides wanted. I just wonder if Vancouver will Vancouver look back on this and say, we gave up too much. And that depends on what, what they get out of Elias Lintel. Yeah. As a Bruins fan, because he was rumored all season long, I am not upset about the Bruins, not landing him for that price. No, you know, for I... that price, go ahead, son. Yeah, I was just gonna say I saw uh, like a one of those fantasy trade proposals or whatever someone made, and it was Elias Lindholm for the Bruins first, Matt Potra and Trent Frederick, and I was like, "Yo, this this trade might make sense if it was you know 2019 when he had all those points or like you said a couple of years ago a point per game." But like, I don't fucking do that from the Bruins. That's your what first, I was gonna say. Matt Potra, who I believe is still playing in your main lineup, and if not, he has he's a. To me, he's fucking all, not a guarantee, but a pretty damn good chance he's going to be a middle six center on that team. Right. Like, and Trent Frederick is is a great bottom six guy. Like, that's a lot to give up for, for Lindholm. I think the Canucks went the better way around it. Like, yeah, you gave up that roster player, but you're essentially, you know, it, Kuzmenko wasn't really a guy with much potential left, really, I don't think. I would and, say he's a is what he is player because he's 28, right? He came over yeah. from the KHL last year. He had 74 points in 81 games, 39 goals. This year, just 21 points in 43 games. Um, but you know, worth noting, of course, that the Canucks underwent a head coaching change. If I'm not mistaken, no, Tockett was there last year, wasn't he? Tockett was there halfway through the year because Bruce got fired. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. So. You know, circumstances change, team lineups change, maybe his effort level changed. I don't know. I don't watch enough Canucks games to know. But um, I think the way it went was, you know, 
I think Talka came through, knew the season was going to be like a wrap, and just kind of let let. I think it was a lot of just freewheeling hockey. You know, get the guys some confidence through the end of the year. Don't really focus on like obviously you want to win the game, but focus on team chemistry that way because they they were good during like the the end stretch of last season, and right. this year they really were just flying on all all call all all cylinders because they tried something new, and. No. That's the one thing I liked about the talk book about, you know, players getting moved over with expansion. Like Sin said as well, when you expand teams in the current way it's done, you're picking quality players from all those rosters. And for example, the Van- the Vegas team, those players that were getting picked were like third, fourth liners and some second liners. And they were given a chance to shine. Like William Carlson was not a star player on on Florida. And then when he came, when he went to Vegas, he, f- he flourished. He's like still their all-time point getter. Like for Vegas for their for their franchise. And that that's that's what happens sometimes. You you do well on one team or one setup and then things change and then you aren't the same player, everything you use the same way and points don't go the way you want them to. Yeah, so I think that's what's Calgary is hoping for out of Kuzmenko. Yeah. For the Bruins, if I look at like the equivalent of like, okay, Andre Kuzmenko, now granted, no guarantees it would have been the same price, but if you want a player like Kuzmenko from the Bruins, Jake DeBrusque is the guy that best fits the bill. Even over Potra. You know, okay, sure, you want Potra instead for the potential as opposed to proven nature, sure. But then for that forward comparison, you are talking about DeBrusque or Patra. Probably DeBrusque. For the defensive throwaway, um, no disrespect to Yanni Yermo, but come on. Um, kind of talking about like Jakob Zaborl being in that deal. Um, and then for the good defensive prospect, you're talking Mason Lorai and a first. If you ask me as a Bruins fan, DeBrusque, Zaboral, Lorai, and a first for Lindholm, I I don't take that. No. I just don't. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> to me, it's just, you know, they offer different things. I know DeBrusque only has the 25 points in 47 games this season, but... At the same time, I know Jake DeBrusque is, uh, over the last two times the Bruins have made the playoffs, he's been very, very good. And yeah. I really like Mason Lorai's game. Like It's it's a good amount to give up. If the Canucks win the Stanley Cup this year, though, who gives a shit? Basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, you know, they're going they're going all in. And they're trying to, they're in that situation where, like, we feel like we're the one of, if not the best team in the West. So let's just load the fuck up and go right. for it. And yeah, and I I like that for them. But yeah, like I said earlier, I'm actually very excited. I want to see Mike Greer start shopping some of our players that we don't have long term plans for. Hoffman, maybe Duclair. <laughs> Hoffman, what do you think you're getting for him, buddy? I don't give a fuck. But you see what they just got for Lindholm? Yeah, I mean maybe <laughs> maybe you get a sixth for Hoffman. Hell no! Are you kidding me? Have you seen how many one-timers that guy's missed this year? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. No, I'll give you a sec. I'm going to pull. He's, he's been doing slightly better. Um, oh, God. I have not by much, though. Here. 18 points in 49 games, eight goals. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, worth it's, at least like a, a second round pick, right? 
I, you never know, dude. Like, here's the thing. Like, if you're good at your job, you make the argument like, hey, man, this is he's a good he's a good shooter. You need a third liner. Give me a second. Like, you know, this is a veteran presence on my team. We we like him training these young guys. You know, you, you got to upsell, obviously. Now, is yeah. he worth that? Hell no. But no. Lindholm's <laughs> not worth all of that for a rental. No. Hmm. So this sets the market. And then if you're a GM, you can, okay, well, look what happened over here. Are they the similar player? No, but it's, you, you got to try to upsell. So there's a few different guys who the Sharks could let go. I mean, Jan Ruda, who doesn't, who wasn't going to want a shutdown defender who plays right, right, right side. I don't want him. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, okay. Fuck you. Sorry, I'm not helping your cause here. <laughs> you're not, but you're you're because you're because you're thinking about it from a not NHL GM perspective. Mm. Every single fucking time, people want veterans and they want like right shot defensemen. That's fair. Well, speaking of that, then really quickly in terms of uh, defensive prices, the the last thing to talk about here, even though he is a left defenseman, but the last thing to talk about here is the other trade that went down. Um, with the Montreal Canadiens acquiring a first-round pick and a conditional third, um, that'll be a third no matter what. It depends on the year. Um, but a first and a third for Sean Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Monaghan off to the Winnipeg Jets. The Habs get a first and a third. Um, Kent Hughes, the GM of the Habs. Holy shit, this guy. Trading away guys that want to be there, too. I... I, Right now, it's recency bias for sure. But in terms of being happy with the GM that you have, Habs fans have to be towards the top of that list in terms of fan bases that are happy with their current GM. Kent Hughes has been on the job for just about two years now. In that time, he pulled off, you know, some minor trades, but the bigger trades here. Um, sending Tyler Toffoli to Calgary for Tyler Pitlick, Emil Heineman, a first-round pick that became Philip Mazar, and a fifth-round pick that became Yevgeny Volokin. And there was uh, another conditional pick that didn't come to fruition. Trading Ben Sherratt to Florida... In March of 2022, for Ty Smolenic, Cedric Guindon, uh, Mikhail Gulyayev as well in 2023. Um, of course, he is a Colorado pick, so there was a subsequent trade that we'll get to. Uh, trading Arturi Lekin into Colorado for Justin Barron in the second. I mean, Lekin yeah. has been good for Colorado, obviously, but not a bad deal. Um, getting, oh my God, <laughs> sending Brett Kulak to Edmonton. For William Lagason, now with the Leafs, a second-round pick that became Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson is 19 years old. He has 32 points in 23 games for Boston University this year and had 48 points in 39 games last year for Brett Kulak. Um, they managed to ship away Shea Weber's LTIR, they got a first round pick for Alexander Romanov to the Islanders. I think it's Used- important to note that they gained a, a picks for taking Monahan. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Oh, um, sorry. 
you blew the spots and you well, blew Well, I mean, it. you talked about him first, and then I didn't think you were going to circle back on it. My bad. Well, I was, but that's fine. Again, they ended up with Kirby Doc, and then, yes, the big one, August of 2022. Calgary acquires future considerations. Montreal acquires Sean Monahan and a first-round pick. And then they they essentially they turned Sean Monahan into two first round picks. Correct. Plus, that is two first insane. round picks and a third. That is incredible asset management. That's that's NHL twenty four level shit. <laughs> like you can look through his trade record right now, and again, I mentioned the pick that became Mikhail Gulyayev. Uh, they acquired Alex Newhook for that Newhook this season, thirteen points in twenty three games. Still hasn't quite hit that next level like they were hoping, but he has been wheeling and dealing in the two years since he has become the GM of this team. It's not a perfect track record, but you look at what he's done just specifically involving Sean Monahan, who has 35 points in 49 games this season. I mean, for the Jets, it's the arms race. They're yep. right up there with Vancouver. They go out and get a Sean Monahan. But Montreal, Jesus Christ, <laughs> like, I, I can't give Kent Hughes enough credit. Montreal, over the next three seasons, and they might not be done, have five first-round picks, four second-rounders, and five third-rounders. It's pretty good. Over the next three years. Now, don't fuck it up this time, idiots. Now, That's the, question the other is... side of things. Now the question is, how many French Canadian players do they prioritize past the third round of the draft just to appease their fans? Hopefully, Kent Hughes is not that guy. I yeah. mean, it doesn't seem like he is with his asset management so far, but you look at their yeah. first round picks since uh, he's been there: Philip Mazar, Yurash Lavkovsky, which is the controversial one, and then David Reinbacher last year. <laughs> asset management good drafting fucking questionable at best so far yeah i would agree your eyes Slavkovsky. it's that's again one of those drafts where there's probably like one to five could have been almost in any order um or at least one to three we'll say could have been probably in any order like if you went back and and redid that draft of the top five like who do you take over Slavkovsky? let me see so with the I, top five yeah, uh, New Jersey's Simone Nemich, Logan Cooley, yep. Shane Wright, Cutter Gauthier, who has been traded already, of course. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the top 10, David Yarosek for Columbus, Kevin Korchinski, Marco Casper, Matthew Savoy, and Pavel Minchikov, who there's no way he was going first overall, but, you know. I mean, if you redrafted. Right, but at the time. There's no way. No, I, no I, I know, I know. I'm saying a redraft. Okay. Like, if you redrafted right now, like, Slavkovsky doesn't go anywhere. Close. Probably not, no. Like, honestly, if I redrafted that, uh, my one and two would be Cooley and Mintikoff. You know, Slavkovsky, 20 points in 49 games. It's not... Too bad from a production standpoint. Cooley this year has 25 and 48, though. Yep. That 2023 draft as well will be an interesting <laughs> one. Taking Reinbacher fifth. The picks afterwards, Dmitry Simashev to Arizona, Matthew Michkov, Ryan Leonard, Nate Danielson, Dalibor Dvorsky, and Tom Willander went 11th. 
Yeah. So time will tell with those drafts. But yeah, to the point for the Calgary Vancouver trade, I think both sides should be happy. We'll see who wins it down the road. Uh, for this one, I think both sides should be ecstatic, really. I mean, Winnipeg, it's it's the ambition. You know, maybe it's a bit much to get Sean Monahan, but that one is the market price. And two, Jets fans thought we're heading towards a rebuild. And instead, here they are very much saying, no, we're not giving up yet. You know, we and brought going back all in. We brought back Hellebuck and Goal and Mark Shifley and you know, they're going for it. And for the Habs, I mean, Jesus Christ, you literally got two first round picks and a third for nothing. Yeah. In terms of acquiring Sean Monahan. That's fucking insane. It's free real estate. <laughs> One last well, with thing. With that, everybody. Oh, One no, last never mind. Thing. Last thing. Biggest, biggest blunder of the All Star game. And <laughs> you no, know, about the. It's about the Monahan trade. Ball, uh, what is it? <sighs> Fuck, what was I going to say? Jesse Pollock interviewed Nick Suzuki on the Bar Down podcast. And brings up the fact that Sean Monahan is traded oh, yeah, to the Habs, traded from the Habs to the Jets. Half an hour after the news breaks, right in front of Nick Suzuki, who just found out his teammate got traded. Hmm. Twitter, no, he already found out. He said no, he it was said a half that, hour. It was a half hour after they found I, out that they had. I know, but he Jesse didn't break it to him on the podcast. No, he didn't break it to him, but the, he brought it oh, up. He's like, like, man, that did. sucks. Like, and then Twitter. Because they love dragging that man in this fucking big jibs. Just went on a fucking tirade on it. And he's like, dude, like, it was fun. We hung out after. He said it was totally fine. Like, you know, not to take it that way. But, you know, Twitter's going to Twitter. Yeah. All right. Fine. Okay. Yeah. With that said, everybody, thank you very much for uh, listening, watching, supporting another episode of the Tookie Say podcast. We appreciate your patronage. We will be back likely next week again we've kind of shifted into that one a week i mean sins nine days out from heading back to finland <laughs> yeah so he'll be disappearing on us again which means you'll get more episodes like the last one where Endo days, and I. by the way i leave on oh, the 13th oh 13th jesus yeah yeah well because i arrive on the 14th oh it's a jar of <laughs> <laughs> it's that time change in the travel time endo what do you have going on, my friend? Um, recording some beer league stuff, uh, talking about my rent-a-goalie experiences. Um, this entire weekend, like I've said, I've been networking with people, getting information, getting whatever. Uh, there's gonna be a big shakeup for content that I'm doing, and hopefully, it's gonna be more um hockey-based, like actual hockey. I figured I'm a beer league guy. I'm a rent-a-goalie. I have tons of experiences with different rent-a-goalies and different experiences that I've games that I've played. Fuck it. Why don't I record that and document my experiences? Because mm -hmm. every single day, every single day I'm on the ice and it's a different experience and it's a different story I can tell. So I'm going to do that. Either it's going to be weekly episodes or culminating an entire week of hockey or it's going to be like every third day or something like that. I'm not sure if I'm going to summarize a whole week into one day or if it's going to be like one day out of the week. It just I can just record and go through with it. It's a good idea. I told you to yeah. lean on the, the whole rent a goalie thing a while ago, whether it be the online content or whatever else. So, yeah, it's, a unique uh, experience and viewpoint that you have. It, it's definitely something um, that was brainstorming ideas with people, and they're like, "You should do that." Like without a doubt, like you put stuff out like that, I'll definitely make sure to get people's eyes on them. Like, 
Well, Fuck. I'm glad you had to hear it from someone other than me to decide it was a good idea. Thanks. Yeah, no, I no, the entire weekend it was basically just like brainstorming and trying to figure out if I can get like a deal on getting certain gear and all that stuff and yeah. We talked about this like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, but when when people are willing to give me free shit to get this stuff started, then I start moving real real quick. Oh, okay? like Tugi wouldn't have promoted your shit? You would not. Disrespect. You would not pay $400 for a fucking lav mic that I could have set up. You would not. So who's paying for it then? No, I it's said not me. you would have pr promoted Then who is? It. I'm not Which saying Which one of your new is. friends? I'm not my new friends. It's a it's a business decision. It's a business move I'm making. Big Okay, Mr. Business over here. Mr. Sin, business. Huh. What do you have going on? Uh, yeah, I got Draft Glory on my channel. I'm, yeah, I don't know what else I'm going to do. I'm going to, that's what I got going on. Hopefully getting more stuff pre-recorded for my trip. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a great way to stay in shape. That's <laughs> just about you, son of a bitch. Uh Catch us on the Twitch side of things. Still playing a lot of NCAA football, as well as a lot of FIFA Pro Clubs now that yes. the, the hooks are in for Sin, of course. I'm playing today, no matter what. There you go. Um, and to end the show, a big shout out to Boston Bruins goaltending prospect, who was WHL Goalie of the Week with back-to-back shoutouts. Shout out to Reed Dick. His name is Reed Dick. The cock shout of you, the Reed. Rock. The, the future goaltender of the Bruins once we trade Jeremy Swayman to San Jose, Reed Dick. Shark. Shark. <laughs> <laughs>